Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I am Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic also based in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns. Today, we are talking to Caitlin Francis again. If you guys remember, she was on episode 19 where she came on to talk all about speech language pathology. As she mentioned in that episode, she was pregnant at the time that we recorded it, and since then, she has had her baby, so we invited her to come back and talk with us again to share her birth experience and how life with a newborn has been. So, Caitlin, welcome back to Birth Reimagined. How are you doing today? Hello. You know, all things are pretty good, except for the lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So Ronan is your first baby, right? Yes. And how old is he right now? He's going to be two months in a few days here. So it's gone by really fast. It's pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Um, so can you tell us, you know, what was what was this whole journey like for you? Um, well, I'm still trying to process everything because I feel like it's just been a total whirlwind, like, yeah, it's just been crazy how fast things have gone. And, you know, it feels like just yesterday, my husband and I were talking about trying for a baby. And then here we are now, you know, knee deep in diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like when I was pregnant, I was like, this, I've been pregnant forever. I'm going to be pregnant forever. And then like, as soon as you have the kid, you're like, how when did they turn one? Like, when did that happen? Like, they, I, I was pregnant yesterday, and now they're, like, two years old. Like, what? What? <laughs> oh, no, everything's just been so fast, like, for us. I, I mean, yeah, it just, it blows my mind. I feel like I just got my positive pregnancy test, like, you know, last week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I blocked out most of the pregnancy part. That was not my favorite, <laughs> so. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> body's not your own it's just it's definitely weird there are no like complications during the pregnancy were there no um I I mean I've been we've been very fortunate I had a very straightforward you know conception very straightforward pregnancy um labor and delivery were pretty easy all things considered it's just been I just been like a lot of stuff that's just happened really fast so you know it's been great having my husband be such a supportive like co-parent and partner throughout all of this because I think that kind of is just helped make everything just so relatively easygoing. It was definitely a big adjustment though, because you go from being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want to, all right, it's been like two hours since he last fed. What can we fit in like in the next 10 minutes where he's still happy before we have to start the whole like loop all over again? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you're living with somebody else's very strict schedule and you have no control over it and you're like you're just at their whim (laughs) well and the fun part is is their schedule changes every day (laughs) (laughs) yep and there is no inter-office memo to let you know what's coming for the day no yeah (laughs) there's an unexpected this is an unscheduled diaper change (laughs) 
now. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to eat every 90 minutes instead of every three hours. Um, and we're only going to take 20 minute naps instead of our two hour naps, but it's fine. Let's just go with it. <laughs> I hope you're prepared and that you slept well last night. I know um, you did because I kept you up, but... <laughs> We're going to throw this curveball at you and see how you do. I feel like being the parent of a newborn is like you're the guinea pig in some test that somebody is setting up for you to see how you handle different situations, but you don't know the rules. You don't know who's conducting the test or why. You're just... You didn't study. (laughs) I'm sure, like, there's going to be, like, cameras that pop out behind, like, something at some point, right? Like... You're going to turn around. You're on candy camera. No, you're not. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, they had, man. They had unfortunately stopped the uh, fake baby program by the time I got into eighth grade in my school. Uh, oh. So we didn't get the baby that kind of, you know, cries randomly every, you know, 20 minutes and you have to like fake feed and fake change. Yeah, we didn't get to do that, but we watched the eighth graders when I was in like fourth grade do it and we're like, that looks terrible. <laughs> Yeah, we never did the fake baby thing either. So, I mean, at least I had, like, younger cousins and younger siblings growing up. So I've been around a lot of babies. So, you know, for me, like, I knew what to expect. But my poor husband, who's, like, the baby of the family out of all the cousins, everything like that. And his brothers who have kids don't live nearby. So um, his first time, like, holding a newborn was in the hospital holding our son. So it's been (laughs) kind of fun watching him try to figure everything out (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we didn't do the fake babies in school. We did uh, the flower sack babies. So we just had like a bag of flour. Yeah, I didn't even get to do that. So yeah, different teachers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> different school systems. Yeah. Um. So Caitlin, did you want to uh, share your birth story? Talk about, you know, your birth experience with us? Sure. I can walk you guys through that. Um. So I had a very American traditional medicated hospital birth and delivery, which um, for us, I think was definitely the right decision. It was really weird being pregnant during COVID because I felt like a lot of options that are often available for pregnant women and for parents just weren't available for us. Like my insurance flat out said like they wouldn't let us use um, a birthing center. Oh, because we, we conceived like pretty close to the start of like the pandemic. And so there was like no doula. You can have only one person with you in the hospital. So it's like, okay, it's going to be baby daddy, like right off the bat. So I think a lot of those decisions, we just didn't have like the opportunity to contemplate. Which, you know, it worked out for us. But um, I know that's like not for everybody, obviously. Yeah, I am glad that they are starting to open back up and allow for more options. But yeah, it's like you said, it it was very limiting for basically anyone who's given birth in the last year. Yeah, well, and you know, I at least for me, because I just, I could, I'm one of those people who can go down the rabbit hole, like researching too much and like having analysis paralysis and not being able to make a decision. Like, it's like, okay, like this is where I'm going to go. I only had like one option when it came to, um, where I was going to be giving birth so for me like at least from the get-go like for my first like OB appointment I knew exactly like what I was envisioning for my birth if that made sense so I had a lot of time to kind of prepare and process and I think it helped my husband too because like we knew exactly like kind of what we wanted to prepare for at least when it came to like taking classes and knowing our options um versus like having to look at the whole like smorgasbord 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I had a really healthy, normal pregnancy. Um, I was pretty active throughout, you know, walking a lot. I was doing a lot of Pilates, um, which I think definitely kind of helped keep me limber and I at least made me feel a lot more in tune with the changes that were going on with my body physically because being pregnant's a trip, especially at the end there. Like your body is not your own. It's just so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on my due date, actually, it was 10 p.m. I was going down for bed and I was laying in bed and I was like, oh man, I feel really crampy. And then I kind of decided, well, I'm going to get up. Um, Noam was awake. He was like playing video games in um, our office area. And so I went to go sit with him and I was like, wow, these cramps like are really, really rhythmic. I think we should time them. And so we started, we downloaded an app called like Contraction Timer. It's very creatively named, but all it did was count our contractions for us. Um, and as soon as we started timing them, uh, they, we noticed that they were like three minutes apart and lasting for a minute each, which is pretty fast for like early labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hung out with him for about an hour and things were not speeding up, but ramping up in intensity. And Mm -hmm. so uh, at that point, you know, we called my doctor and because my contractions were already so close together and I was walking, drinking water, uh, took a shower to kind of see if that would change anything. They wanted us to come in. So about an hour later, we like headed to the hospital. And um, by the time we got there, the contractions like really hurt. (laughs) And my original plan was because of COVID and we, we were told like we would have to wear a mask while we were laboring. I wanted to labor as long as possible at home, but I, you know, again, they were coming so fast already like two, three minutes apart. I was just like, there's just no way um, that was going to happen. So we got to the hospital and then, um, you know, they put us into triage where they kind of checked to see if I had dilated at all. And I was like one centimeter, (laughs) which was very (laughs) disheartening because I was already really, really uncomfortable. Um, but let's see what happened afterwards. It was like really late at night when we were in triage, you know, they put the monitors on us and they said, okay, well, if you don't start dilating a little bit more, we're going to send you home. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want you to be at least like four centimeters before we admit you, which to me in that moment, I just wanted to like burst into tears because I'm such a baby when it comes to pain. And I was already just so uncomfortable. Um, So I was like determined to like walk as much as I possibly could, like pacing back and forth in our little triage area, isolated from everyone. And then um, about an hour later, they came in to check on me and um, I hadn't progressed as far as like dilating anymore, but my contractions on the monitor, they couldn't see where the peak of them were. Um, So they were like, okay, well, you have two options. We can either send you home and have you come back when you're a little bit further along or in more pain so we can give you an epidural at that point. Or we can just admit you now, but we'd want to consider starting you on Pitocin and like inducing you to like, you know, finish things up tonight. And so I did not want to go home. So I was like, okay, check me in. Like if I have to be on Pitocin, that's fine. Like, let's do it. So I was admitted to the hospital or officially around 1 a.m. And at that point, you know, I was already like ready for my epidural. I was so miserable, but they didn't want to give it to me yet because I wasn't as progressed. And so, um, I opted for fentanyl, um, IV medication just so that I could, you know, have like a little bit of the edge taken off because I just, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do any of the things that I had wanted to do like for early pain management. Like the idea of sitting on a yoga ball at that point just sounded awful to me. And so, um, 
I made an agreement with um, the OB on call because it wasn't my doctor that, you know, I would do fentanyl first and then they would probably place the epidural like as soon as that started wearing off. So um, we did that. I was watching, um, oh my gosh, I'm like blanking on the name, The Proposal, the Sandra Bullock and um, Uh Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh (laughs) Just bouncing on a yoga ball for about an hour um, before they came in and they placed my epidural and... I swear, like, I would marry my anesthesiologist if I saw him. (laughs) Oh, it was just, like, the best thing ever. Like, fentanyl was great for just taking the edge off, and I was able to at least, like, balance and, like, pace a little bit to kind of help progress labor, but, like, I was just so miserable. (laughs) And so um, I had my epidural placed pretty early on in my labor, and from there I was just, yeah, it was just pure bliss. I was so happy. And honestly, I feel I like love I love it. Yeah, I feel like I also had like a textbook epidural because like I still could feel my legs and actually move them. Um, I just didn't have any more pain. Oh, so, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was honestly like it was perfect. And I had a really, really great nurse too because as soon as they had the epidural placed, then she came in with a giant inflatable peanut ball, which is a peanut shaped mm-hmm. yoga ball. And she was really, really good about like putting me in all these different positions to help see if I would dilate without needing Pitocin mm-hmm. and like clockwork. She was in, you know, every hour turning me like repositioning. And honestly, once um, we started using the peanut ball, like my labor began progressing really, really quickly. And so at that point, I think I got my epidural around 2 a.m. And at 4 a.m. they came in and they did a check and my waters were bulging. And so they decided they wanted to break them then, which I was like, okay, that's fine. No one was asleep in the corner and they broke my water. And then all of a sudden, like the monitors were going off and there was like 10 other people in my hospital, like sweet. <laughs> Cause what had happened was as soon as they had broken my water, Ronan, my baby's heart rate started dipping really, really fast. Um, and I didn't really know what was going on. They were, I just know that they were tossing and turning me. My legs were in the air and there was a lot of fluid flowing freely (laughs) in the room. Um, and you know, in hindsight, like in the moment, I didn't really understand what was going on, but like thinking back and it now it's like, wow, that must've been like a really crazy kind of like traumatic experience, but like my body like disassociated in the moment. So like, I don't know, like for me, I still haven't processed it. But I just remember looking over and Noam is like dead asleep on the little pullout couch. And he like slept through all of the drama of my water breaking <laughs> with 10 people like working on me and saying like, you're fine, mama, just breathe. And I'm like, okay, like, sure. What's, I don't know what's going on, but we're cool, I guess. Um, you know what? Sometimes it's better to not have all of the information in the moment. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. And I just remember like, like turning to like my main nurse and then saying like, do you think we need to wake him up? And she's like, yeah, maybe at this point he probably should be woken up. (laughs) So she walked over and like woke him up and he's like, oh yeah, what's going on? Did did they break your water? And I'm like, no, I'm I'm fine. Like we're good. And he just like went to like go lay down. I was like, no, no, I actually kind of need you to be awake right now. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not sure what just happened, but we need you to be awake. And I guess like I was talking to some of the nurses afterwards and they never had had a dad sleep through that much chaos before. So <laughs> we're a story now at the hospital, which is fun. I always think when people say I, I want to sleep like a baby, I'm like, no, no, I don't want to sleep like a baby. 
they're up every 20 minutes. I want to sleep like a dad. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I want to sleep through all of it. (laughs) Yeah. He slept through like all the trauma and stuff like that. It was just pretty amazing. It's fine. You know what? He's not the crisis person in our relationship. I handle it way better. So I'm kind of glad he slept through it. And also now I have ammo. So anytime he kind of annoys me, I can be like, hey, remember that time I almost died and you were asleep? Yeah, that happened. (laughs) But um, once my water broke, I, you know, just kind of like napped on and off, like because my epidural was amazing. And again, I would marry my anesthesiologist if I ever came across him again. Um, (laughs) And everything just like moved really quickly. Like I didn't need any Pitocin. Um, By noon, I was fully dilated and I didn't have the sensation yet to push. So we kind of waited a little bit longer. And then at 1.30, I was like, okay, it's go time. And then 20 minutes of pushing later, I had my little guy on my chest. So it was a really fast and furious labor and I contribute all of it to Pilates guys. Like do it. It's so good for your body. (laughs) Yeah. So again, like it was a pretty, as far as births go, like I don't think I would really change anything. I was pretty happy with how things went. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it sounds like a really textbook, like when you picture the American birth story, like that's, that's really what you kind of picture. Yeah. I mean, it was great. <laughs> Especially, I think it's just like getting my epidural so early. So it just, you know, that made all the difference. Yeah. And I mean, we we kind of talk about that a lot on the podcast of, of like, you know, we've had a lot of people come on and share their birth stories and talk about, you know, all of these different things. You know, we've had people come on and talk about, you know, their home birth stories, hospital, you know, C-section stories, Um, I know I shared, you know, my birth center birth story and things like that. Um, And, and the one thing we keep talking about is make the decisions that are right for you. And like, for me, I am terrified of needles. The idea of an epidural, like would send me into a panic attack, but that was the right decision for you. And it's what you needed at that time, even though like, yeah, it was earlier than maybe they would have deemed was ideal for you, that was the ideal time. You're like, I'm uncomfortable. This is what I need right now. And I'm so glad they listened to you and let you, you know, have a say in that decision of, of when to take, you know, the fent or when to have the fentanyl and yeah. when to get the epidural and, and that there was no pushback on that. Well, and honestly, I'm just so grateful for the staff that I did have in the hospital because I was like totally prepared to go in having to like fight for a lot of things, you know, cause I wanted to be able to like labor on a yoga ball if possible. I wanted to use that peanut ball. I, you know, for me, my goal was I really wanted to avoid Pitocin, which fortunately I was able to. And the nice thing was like, I didn't really have to advocate for the things I needed to cause my team kind of just did it. Like they were like, yep, this is what best practices we're catching on to the like latest research you know, here we go. We're like totally on board. Oh, I love, I love when hospitals start making changes, like research-based changes. I remember like, uh, I had Teddy at, uh, St. Joseph's and I remember asking them, you know, when we were, when we were talking to them beforehand and I was like, you know, what are your thoughts on like skin to skin and like, you know, putting babies in the nursery. And they were like, "I, I think they told me they don't even have a nursery there except for like, babies who absolutely need to be in the Mm -hmm. nursery 
And it was just like, oh, like, that's so nice. Like, they want, like, you're making changes so that the babies can be in the rooms with their parents yeah. as much as possible. Like, uh, I, I love when research yeah. leads to better outcomes for everyone. Well, and I just remember asking my OB, you know, when I was pregnant about, like, delayed cord clamping and skin to skin and stuff like that. She's like, oh, we just do that. Like, that's not even something no, we're not going to give your baby a bath unless you ask for it. Like, yeah, it was really, really nice. Uh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get to do the delayed cord clamping um, because his uh, cord was wrapped around his neck too tightly. So they cut it like after I delivered the head, they had to cut the cord and then I delivered the rest of him. But I mean, other than that, like, honestly, it was just everything that I wanted. That's so awesome. Yeah, except for I didn't get to see the placenta. I really wanted to see it, and no one was supposed to take a picture, but he was a little distracted with looking at our newborn son. <laughs> so I didn't get to see that, but you know what? That's fine. I can let that go. <laughs> Placentas are so cool. <laughs> I know. I really wanted to see it, but, like, I was doing skin to skin. I was a little distracted at the time. And I was like, oh, did you get a picture at least? He's like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you do – so, listeners, if you do have a hospital birth – um, and you do want to see the placenta or, you know, if you are planning on doing placenta encapsulation or taking it home with you or, or anything like that, you got to let them know. <laughs> yeah. Um, because a lot of times their practice is just to take it away and deal with it. And sometimes they don't even think to ask. You well, know. make sure your support person knows because they didn't ask me. They yeah. asked Noah. Because I, to be yeah. fair, I was a little distracted and yeah. a little preoccupied with labor. But yeah, that's okay. Next, yeah. next one, if we have another one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I got to go to um, Jenica's birth, actually. We're going to have Jenica on soon also to talk about her birth story. Um, but I, I was at Jenica's birth, and that was one of the things we talked about um, as her birth photographer. She was like, oh, yeah, my midwife does this really cool, like, placenta tour where, like, she shows you, like, all around the placenta and, like, both sides of it. And she's like, so if you want to get pictures of that, like, I would love that. And so, like, you know, I got all these... <laughs> So cool. such a pictures as she's like, you know, walking through and like talking about all the different parts of it and like, you know, what, it, you know, this part does this and this is for this and you know, that kind of thing. Oh, oh that sounds so cool. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I would say at least, you know, hospitals near us are catching up on some of the best practices. So good area to have babies. So now that you are home, how have things been? Uh, things have been a blur, a whirlwind. Um, every time you feel like we get something down, you know, he grows and he changes, but it's all been, it's been good. Um, I've been on maternity leave. I still have another week left before I sort of go back to work. So it's been really nice having a little bit of extra time more. I'm on about eight weeks so far. Um, and oh my gosh, definitely have needed all of that. Um, and it's been good too, because no one works from home. So even though he's working, like if I need him just to hold a baby for 20 minutes so that I can like eat, you know, with both my hands, it's been really, <laughs> really nice. But yeah, it's just, it's a blur is like the best way to describe it. God, those baby days, they go by so fast. Oh, he's so different. So like, I, I swear, like I'll put him in pajamas and then the next morning they don't fit him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they look loose when you put them on. And then the next morning you're like, how are you like busting out of these? What happened? Yeah. 
And just like every day, he's like learning something new. Like little Ronan yesterday realized he has a tongue, so he's been sticking it out and playing with it constantly, <laughs> and it's the cutest thing ever. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and you know, it makes up for the parts like he's like really mad and he's like screaming at you, but then like after you finally get him settled, it's like, oh, I can't like be mad at you because look at how dang cute you are. <laughs> I mean, I'm biased. I think he's the smartest, most handsomest, beautifulest baby ever. <laughs> and you're exactly right. Yeah. I think yeah, I think a hundred percent we our bodies are absolutely programmed to just be like, This is the best baby in the world. I I have the I have the best baby. Like look at this, I made this. I grew his bones and everything. Like look at this, I did this. Oh my gosh. The picture of the mama otter holding up yes, the little baby otter with the this. little <laughs> caption, like I made this. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> So do you have any advice or tips for soon-to-be parents? I think if you're expecting, education kind of goes a long way, like before the baby gets here. Um, Noam and I took some like virtual, you know, baby crash course classes together. And I think that really, really helped us to get through those like first two weeks where it's like, okay, like we know that this is normal. Like our baby's not broken. Like we know that this is normal because there's just so many aspects like that you don't even like think about going in until you're knee deep and everything. And so I think having like that preparation and having those expectations kind of set just makes it so much easier to cope with just the lack of sleep and the crazy like life change and the hormones crashing and just how, you know, your whole life is kind of like thrown in the air. So I just think it was just really nice for us at least to have like a little bit of, you know, background knowledge and then like a resource for us to kind of like fall back on. So we weren't frantically Googling at like three in the morning because yeah. nothing good happens at three in the morning. Nothing good <laughs> happens with Google searching at three in the morning. Yeah. I mean, Google, Anything... Google's not helpful in general. But... <laughs> Anything Gosh. you're searching for on Google at three in the morning is just going to send you into a panic attack. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, general it's... life rule. <laughs> So, you know, find like a source or like someone that you trust or like, you know, a good like resource and just that be your go-to because Google is not your friend. <laughs> it really isn't. Maybe when you're like, a, you know, more rational and you can kind of piece together like, okay, like this sounds like a solid claim versus this one, you know, that's just a outlying blog post or whatever. Like, yeah, you you can't like shift through that when you're sleep deprived. So it's like, Having a good resource going yeah, in. Yeah, when, when you are sleep deprived and your baby hasn't stopped crying and it's three in the morning, call yeah. a friend. Yeah, <laughs> and not WebMD. Like, don't go there. Yeah. It's like the History Channel, you know, during the day, the pyramids are made by Egyptians. At midnight, pyramids are made by aliens. Yes, <laughs> seriously. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I would also say have water and snacks just stashed everywhere because you don't know where you're yes. going to get stuck with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. go there's so many times like I'll go down to nurse. I'm like, oh, my water is 10 feet away. Oh, and now I'm like dying because of course I'm like the second that baby starts nursing, like I need to have water. So <laughs> just have bottles and everywhere. And also, yeah. And as soon as you realize you need water, the baby fell asleep on yeah. you. And if you move, you know, the baby will wake up again. <laughs> So do you sit, like, yeah. So Sophie's, <laughs> catch 22, do you not drink the water and continue to dehydrate yourself, or do you wake up the baby and continue to sleep deprive both of you? 
Yeah. So yeah, snack and water stations. Go to Costco, get your packages of whatever you like. Just have them everywhere. Have you been with the whole like the hormones crashing and like the It was really so I'm not I don't think of myself really as a hormonal person. Like I don't really get super moody when I PMS or anything like that. So I was really surprised. And I wasn't really that hormonal when I was pregnant either. I mean, there's a couple times I had a few meltdowns around food, but other than that, I was pretty stable. I would just have like a little bit of a shorter temper, but it was really weird. Like those first two weeks, like 3 PM, like clockwork, I would like burst into tears every day. So that was a definite weird thing I wasn't really expecting, but you know, now I feel much more like myself, at least hormonal, you know, wise. Still like physically kind of recovering. It's kind of you know, you spend nine months stretching out and growing a person. It doesn't snap back. No. And also, like, you you had an open wound. Like, yes. an actual physical open wound. Like, that takes time to heal. It's just, you're just I different. Think... It's just, yeah, that's all it is. Like. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're also supplying all of the nutrients for another human to grow while you're trying to heal so like yeah it's gonna it's gonna take time i i'm always baffled by people who are like i want to be back to my pre-pregnancy weight by like three months and i'm like (laughs) honey i'm not even gonna be back into like my early pregnancy genes by three months like if it took you nine months to get there and then now you're breastfeeding and you're recovering it's gonna take you longer than nine months to to fully recover. I I think the research is showing somewhere in the neighborhood of like one to two years to like, he- to achieve that as a healthy goal. Oh, and I would I'm absolutely strive, believe it. Yeah. I'm going to strive to say, I, if that is your goal, that's totally fine. But put a realistic timeline on it, please. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> well, I just, I was so ready, like a week after giving birth, like I wanted to go for walks. I wanted to get out of the house and do things. And like, we maybe went on like a mile long walk and I was done. Like that was dumb. Don't do that guys. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Like rest. Don't go anywhere for at least two weeks. Um, after giving birth, just because you're, it's a bad idea. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I only made it about three or four weeks before I was like, I need to go outside and walk. Um, but I had, I wasn't on bed rest, but I, I was put on early maternity leave about a month before my due date with Charlotte. Um, I had some signs that were, the, it, it looked like I might develop preeclampsia. Like I was right. having pre preeclampsia signs, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And so they were like, we're putting you, you know, you need to, you cannot go to work. And it was like very sudden, like I, like something happened at work and I called the midwife and they were like, okay, as of tomorrow, you are, you're done. Like you cannot go back. And so I had to like call work and be like, yeah, I'm not allowed to come back. Oh my gosh. Um, but uh, yeah, I, for me personally, I actually, um, I had some weird vision changes and that was like a really big warning sign. Um, but yeah, so by the time, by the time Charlotte was like three or four weeks old, I was just like, I'm going stir crazy. I haven't been out of my house in almost two months. Um, nowadays with pandemic, um, 
that would be normal. And, and I am now adjusted to this. Well, honestly, everyone keeps asking like, oh, you know, how is it like being home with the baby and stuff like that? And honestly, we weren't going out and doing anything because everything's been closed because of the pandemic. So it's like, I've been at home for a year now. I just have an extra roommate. who's <laughs> a little needy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually think the pandemic was, um, probably kind of like a good, like nice little training session yeah, for you know, anyone you, who's like, given birth the last like six months or well, so. Well, life is just slowed, like slowed down in general. Like we're not going out. There's not as many like social expectations and stuff like that. So yeah. it just transitioned from like, I couldn't see you because of COVID and I just can't see you because of baby. Yeah. And, but, but what's nice is like, we've also learned how to adapt our social calendars to, you know, my, my friend group, we used to go swing dancing once or twice a week. Now we have zoom chats. Yeah. So like we can't see each other in person for a couple more weeks. Like we are almost, our whole group is almost fully vaccinated. The last ones just got their second vaccine this week. So we're very excited to like be able to see each other in a couple weeks again. Um, But yeah, so like, I feel like, you know, even as, even as a new parent, you could still hop on a Zoom call if you wanted to talk to people. But like pre-pandemic, it would not have occurred to me to hop on a Zoom call with my friends. Yeah, it's not weird. Like just, we've gotten so much more creative with ways to like seek out that social interaction. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I mean, as a homebody, I do too. Yeah, I'm an introvert. I know I don't sound like it on the podcast. Believe me, I actually am an introvert. I'm like, I'm chatty if I know you and I like you. Yeah, I always tell people I am great one-on-one with people. You put me in a group setting, I will not say a word. I will sit there and I will listen to everybody else. Yeah. Um, so Caitlin, how are you making sure to take time to take care of yourself? What are you doing to take care of yourself? Uh, well, I'm back officially going to my Pilates classes, which has been really fun. Um, but Noam and I, you know, we made it like a kind of, we committed to each other, like before, you know, Ronan got here that we really want to make sure that we each got like equal breaks every week. So for me, I go and I work out three times a week and I take classes and I, that's just how I burn off some of my extra energy and it makes me just feel so much better. Um, and then he does the same or he'll like go see a friend or something like that. So we've just been pretty good about checking each other to make sure that we're getting equal breaks and trying to like match each other just so that it's like fair and as equitable as possible. Um, which I really appreciate. I think that's been really good for us. Yeah. And it's good that you guys have stuff that you do separately as well as together. Yeah. I know, I know when we talked to him, he was like, oh yeah, it was my birthday. We got to like, you know, go out for a little bit and that was kind of nice. And, you know, you're talking, you know, you're also sharing about how, you know, you do stuff by yourselves too. And I think that that's really important for, for new parents is to have stuff that they do together that isn't directly related to the baby. Yes. Well, and that, you know, we did, we had our first like mini date, honestly, when he was like running with like five days old. Um, you know, I had my in-laws come over. I was like, okay, you watch the baby. We're just going to go pick up Boba. Well, you know, we were only gone for 15 minutes and that was really hard as a new mom. I cried like half the time, but you know, just kind of like taking a minute and be like, okay, I'm a person outside of just being a mom. Um, and like making sure we just keep 
giving ourselves like those small opportunities. Like, I think that's, um, really helped my mental health in this like recovery stage. Um, because I was really worried about, you know, developing postpartum depression or anxiety just because I've had, um, struggles with that, you know, outside of pregnancy and being a parent. So, um, just taking those like little tiny moments, go get yourself a treat, have one treat a day. I think it makes like a really big difference. Eat the cupcake. (laughs) Oh yeah. And don't feel guilty. No, I just bought myself a whole box of Seuss candy and that is my my box. I am not sharing it. (laughs) But I'm like, I get my one chocolate before bed and it makes all the difference. Yes. Yes. So Caitlin, can you share a success or a funny story from this week? Ooh. Okay. Well, we've been, this, uh, he's been in a fussy mood. We're going through, I don't know if you guys ever like read the Wonder Weeks. Uh, growth spurt, Wonder uh-huh. Week, the brain's making all the connections. Yeah. So we're and... in the middle of leap two right now. So, um, Ronan's been extra fussy and nothing makes him happy right now, except for nursing. Um, but it's also kind of cool just because he's a lot more aware and it just, melts your heart he can be completely ridiculous and oh here I do have a funny story um he was crying and like I could not console him he had just finished eating I had already changed him like I was like okay I don't know what's wrong with you little guy and he let out like the world's like largest fart it was like a good 30 (laughs) seconds I'm just straight like what is coming out of you like this looks is this like a South Park episode like it was so obscene and then he like looked up and made eye contact and just broke into like the cheekiest gummiest little grin I'm just like I just love this kid so much like you know it's the parenthood no you were fussy yeah I'd be fussy if I had that much gas built up too and he was so proud of himself and then he was like a little angel and super happy and cooing and like <laughs> you know, just so happy afterwards. It's like, okay. But you know, you only love your babies because like, you know, if someone else farted like that while I was holding them, I would not be happy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But that's our life right now. It's like, it's gas and diaper changes and feeding. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. Lots of snuggles. Lots of, you know, silly faces and yeah. silly voices and, yep. Um, I mean, well, right now his favorite thing to do is to look at the windows because we have plantation shutters throughout our house and mm-hmm. he loves his, like the vertical lines and I swear it's, or another horizontal line, sorry, but it's like a religious experience for him. Like he'll like <laughs> make eye contact and then his eyes just get really big and he opens up his mouth and starts like heavy breathing through his mouth like... <gasps> <laughs> So, yeah, we have our little Mothra. Um, <laughs> uh, he's so funny. It's just funny watching, like, him and how he's, like, processing the world. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I can't wait for you to, like, experience all the stages of, like, I can't wait for him to do more things. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it is a bittersweet experience of, like, I want you to do the thing, but also you're getting older. Yeah. I mean, I just was looking at, you know, his birth photos. It's like, you're huge now. Like what? That's not, you're a totally different person than you were, you know, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like, it's this bittersweet balancing act in a parent's brain of like, 
I'm so excited for you to do this new thing and like to hit this new milestone because I'm like, I'm excited to share this with you. But then you look back and you're like, oh, you don't coo anymore. Or like, oh, you yeah. don't, you know, like it's, it's little things like that, that you don't always like think about as they're happening. Like, oh, somebody, what did they say? It was on like, you know, Tumblr or something like that. But somebody was like, at some point, your parents picked you up for the last time. Oh, Neither I heard of you that knew one. that it was the last time. And I was just like, oh, I never want to pick my baby up for the last time. But it was like a very yeah. sobering, like, holy crap moment of like, and then I'm like looking back and I'm like, you know, the last time I nursed my kid, like for Charlotte, I didn't know that that was going to be the last time because she gave it up not me for Teddy. I was very aware that it was the last time because I was like, after this, I am done. I am ready. You know, four (laughs) solid years of nursing straight. And I was ready for my body bag. (laughs) (laughs) But Charlotte, I was just like, I didn't know that was going to be the last time. And so like, I look back and I'm like, I don't remember what our last nurse was like, because I didn't commit it to memory because I didn't know it was going to be, you know, but yeah, that's, this is the bittersweetness of being a parent and well, have you, raising children. Have you guys watched Modern Family? Because there's towards like, I think it's like in the last season, um, Jay, the character, he's like, you know, you have like a little newborn and then all of a sudden you get to know that person and then all of a sudden that person is gone and you don't have time to be sad because now you have a little toddler that you get to know. It's a whole new little person you get to like learn and meet and get to know. And then that person's gone, but then you have a little kid that's there. And I'm like, Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I was recently looking, so Teddy's birthday was in April. And so I get all of these photos coming up on my Facebook memories of like, you know, Teddy in the hospital and meeting Charlotte for the first time. And like all of these things, like during the month of April. And I came across this one and I remember this walk and it's a picture of Charlotte. And Teddy was still in the hospital at the time. And I had come home to go on a nighttime, like an evening walk with Charlotte before we put her to bed for the night. And I remember this walk and she didn't want to, like she wanted to go for a walk or whatever, but she was sitting down in every single driveway that we came to. She would stop and she'd sit in the middle of their driveway and she'd just sit there for a moment and then she'd get up and walk to the next driveway and sit down. And it took forever for us to go around the block. But one of these driveways was so pretty. It was like cobbled and like there was like all these flowers along like their flower bed on the side of the driveway. And so like I had just stopped and snapped this picture. You couldn't see the house in the picture or anything. It was just like her on this little cobbled area with these flowers behind her. And I'm just like, I totally remember this. She's seven now and she's not this little kid anymore. Like, it's not something she would do now. And yet there was a time when 100% that was something she would do was just like, I'm going to sit here. And I'm just like, what? We're walking. What are you doing? (laughs) You know? So, yeah, it's totally true. They just, they keep. I don't want to say evolving, but like they're Pokemon evolving. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say evolving in like a Pokemon sense, not in like a, you know, yeah, they're, they're leveling up. (laughs) She is now a level seven human and no longer a level two human. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm only two months in and I'm just like blown away with how much he's changed already. Yeah. And we'll keep changing. I know. I'm like excited, but I'm like, stop. 
yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, I can't wait for this, but also I want to freeze time. Uh, my mom tried to journal when I was a kid, like, for me, like, kind of the things I did each day, and but she just couldn't keep it up with how much is going on. I, you know what, I actually did that with my kids, too, um, and I have an alarm that goes off on my phone at the first of every month to be like, try to sit down and journal to your kids today, and they each have their own notebook, and I do not get to it every single month, but everyone, you know, every few, the ADHD is strong with this one. Um, <laughs> I don't remember to, like, the alarm goes off in the morning, and then by the time oh, my yeah, morning is it. done, it's, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, I, I write down like, oh, you know, right now your favorite color is this and you love doing this and, you know, this is what you're talking about or this is a funny story of something that happened. And looking back, I'm like, I would have forgotten so many of these things. So many of these details that like in the moment, I'm like, I'm never going to forget that this was the thing that you were obsessed with, or I'm not going to forget this silly little story or, you know, something silly you said. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, I forgot so much stuff. And now, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I really should do this every single month because I'm sure there's more that I'm, you know, forgetting in the meantime. But you know what Um, I just got, and it was like a Mother's Day present to myself. It's this uh, virtual photo frame but you can text photos to it and write a caption with the photos. Oh, cool. So it's been kind of nice. Like I'll take like a little photo and then I'll just like text it to the photo frame and then like look up and it's right there. And if I want, I can like put the stories of like what happened on that day there. So uh, trying Aww. to get any, like try to use that to kind of memorialize everything that's going on. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Good Amazon purchase. <laughs> from three o'clock in the morning i guess some things could happen no, google is not your friend at three yeah. o'clock amazon in the amazon <laughs> oh God, I this is what amazon was built for oh my gosh. i was like packages i'm like i don't even remember what did i buy <laughs> surprise it's like your birthday every day i guess we do need batteries why did i buy batteries oh yeah it's for this other thing i ordered <laughs> Uh, yeah. Amazon is for 3am when you realize you're out of diapers, but you can't go to the store because they're all closed. But if you order them on Amazon, they'll be there at like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I haven't run into that yet. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'm sure that's coming. We have, we, we're still like working through like our diaper stash from friends giving it to us from our pseudo baby shower. So nice. Nice. Yeah. That was nice. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us again on the show. Oh, thank, thank you for you being for willing to come me. back on the show. Oh, you guys are terrible. I'll never do this again. No, anytime. Happy to chat with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us again. It's such a pleasure to have you. I love talking with you. I mean, like last time we totally geeked out on stuff. And this time, like, it was so great hearing, like, you know, your personal experiences and stories and all of that. It's, I, I love birth stories and sharing all this stuff i'm a nerd i'm sorry <laughs> I, I love babies and people and i don't know it's all fun stuff for me <laughs> well thank you so much and thank you for for sharing your birth story with us it's i love i love people coming on and sharing birth stories with us and like especially when it's like you know such positive and affirming birth stories where you really got to have the experience that you were picturing and hoping for um 
So it's it's so wonderful having you come on. Thank thank you so much much. for sharing with us. Um, And for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and makes sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.